0: spend less time quoting and more time selling hello job shop enthusiast I am your host Jay Jacobs and we are here with Peter Samuelson of SNS machine welcome to the job shop show Peter thank you so I understand you were in the cutting tool industry for a while before starting SNS can you tell me about your cutting tool career
1: I was I was a little over 15 years as a um, specialist uh, application specialist for the uh, a global cutting tool company um, and did a lot of testing cutting data tooling requirements so on and so forth so it's one of the strong suits of SNS machine is that we use the best tooling out there and we apply it the, the pro- you know properly into the right cutting data and it makes a big difference in the bottom line of what a part will cost if the tool is run correctly because of the the speed and the efficiency of the tool. So it helps us um, probably with a with a little bit of an advantage over a lot of other companies because when, as when I, as a cutting tool specialist, eighty percent of the cutting tools that I would work with at other companies were misapplied. That and, that uh, high a number, huh? eighty percent, and they're, they're not run. At the right data uh, or the wrong tool for the application, Um, many many reasons. But
0: yeah, Hmm. it's very. Can you give me some examples of specifically
2: how? The
1: the number
2: one yeah
1: number one uh, error that most customers make is the actual cutting data of the tool. It's way too slow. Uh, The inserts are designed to take a lot of heat, Mm -hmm. and they work more efficiently under a lot of heat and people tend to want to run them way too slow and by running slow it just adds more time to the to the
0: process so why do they not want to run them at the speed that the manufacturer suggests
1: because they look at it as they want the tool to last forever and if you look at the total cost of your manufacturing facility the tooling cost is somewhere around three to five percent. Hmm. Your big cost is in hours; it's in time. All right. You're, you're paying your employees. You're paying money for your machine tools, and the faster that and more efficiently that they can make parts, the, the cost of the insert is insignificant in, in, in the overall picture. It's just a it's a very small part of it, and people just think that that is better to make them last longer, and it really isn't. Sure. The ideal tool life is 20 minutes out of an insert.
0: 20 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. And that's,
1: that's you know, through many, many different studies that were done by not only the cutting tool company that I work for, but mm-hmm. every single manufacturer of cutting tools have the same basic philosophy of how long an insert should last and um, what you should be running it at.
2: Okay.
0: So, uh, who was the cutting tool company you worked for? I worked for Sandvik Cormont.
1: They are the largest cutting tool company in the world. They're based in Sandvik in Sweden. They're still privately owned, mm-hmm. but they are the largest in the world. Um, They're they somewhere around 80,000 employees total for all divisions of Sandvik.
0: Great. Yeah, so what that, you- go ahead. You know, I was curious what you did before you got into the cutting tool industry.
1: Well, the cutting tool industry, I worked in the machining field. I uh, had an associate's degree from the tech college in Nashville. I ran several different machines when I got out of school and then progressed through management into production management and I've run some very large shops, um, you know, as a, as a production manager slash supervisor mm-hmm. – uh, operations manager, and from that I went into the cutting tool business, and from that I went into my own shop.
0: So how to, specifically did you decide to start your own shop? What was the catalyst?
1: Uh, they, there was a small shop here in New Hampshire that the person that owned it um, was not doing him the work that he had, so he wasn't paying his bills. And the person he was renting from was a friend of mine that I've known for 25 years and came to a point where the gentleman wanted to sell the business. And that's when I got involved and I bought it. And it was a turnkey operation, very small in size, but, you know, it was a fully operational machine shop with cutting tools, with inspection tools, with machines and so on. And we stayed in the same facility for uh, almost two years. Mm-hmm. And then we bought uh, 6,500 square feet, basically two doors down from where we started and moved everything into here. And that's where
0: we are presently. Gotcha. And when did you start S&S Machine? Uh, 2011. What does the S&S stand for?
1: Samuelson and Samuelson. So it's myself and my daughter. My daughter runs the office and, and does all the financial part of the business. Uh, mm-hmm. She does all the quoting, um, a lot of the, you know, uh, pickup deliveries. We, we have her as well as another lady that works for us, that does all that. Um, it's kind of a, you know, you, you do multiple jobs in a small shop.
0: Sure. <laughs> it, and what's your daughter's it's work.
1: name? It's Elena.
0: That must be special, uh, being able to work with her at this point in your life.
1: Um, it is. Uh, it can be trying as well. <laughs> uh, working with family sometimes is, uh, is is somewhat challenging, but for the most part, we do very well together, and we get along great. She's um, easy to work with, so that makes a big difference.
0: How many other team members do you have?
1: We have a total of eleven. We have a uh, one part time. It does. He is going through an engineering uh, degree, so he works for us um, when he can during school year, and then uh, during the summer he works full time. Mm -hmm. Then the rest are all full-time employees, Um, and we have uh, one person that's more or less a laborer-type person that would be a you know deburring, packaging. Um, material handling, so on and so forth, and the rest are machinists with anywhere from five years to 25 years of experience, and everything in between.
0: So you got some good experience in your shop.
1: I do. and I have two people that actually taught at the uh, technical college right down the street, uh, taught machine tool processing, so they get they have a good working background of a lot of different things besides just the machining part of it, the metallurgy part of it and you know the programming this I think that the tech colleges had three or four different software packages mm-hmm. and they still use at least two of them. So you get experience with other other you know programming techniques and/or software. Sure. So we're pretty versatile in that part of it. Um, and then with my background in between the cutting tools and working for um, several different shops and uh, fabrication and stuff like that, it's a pretty good group. We, we spend time on everything that we do to just look at it, come up with a plan, and you know get everybody's input, and then go with the best idea and
0: make, sure.
1: and make it work.
2: Sure. Do you
0: run more than one shift?
1: We do not. We run one shift, and it's the reason for that is we just uh, it's so difficult to find skilled laborers in this market it, the, with the unemployment as low as it is. It's very difficult, and in order to mm-hmm. implement a second shift, I need to get at least two people. And you know, it's one of the things that we're working towards for this year is to try to do that. But I'm telling you, it's very disappointing when you put an ad in. Uh, What you get for responses, Uh, people are not moving. They have good jobs, and the good Mm -hmm. people out there are well taken care of. So it's very difficult.
0: Yeah. Well, at Rapid, I know that we always found second shift the most difficult to staff. Third shift was actually easier. Right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I've asked, you know, I've gone through the people we have here, and if there's anybody interested, in it, and there, there is one person that is interested, and if we found somebody else, he would be willing to do that mm-hmm. but he's the only one the rest are not interested at all and, you know i don't blame them i work second shift for i think i did it for about six years when i first got out of uh, college and i mean when you're young and single it's not that big of a deal but when you have a family it's it definitely becomes more of a headache than it's worth
0: yeah yeah so where are you located physically
1: we're located in amherst new hampshire um, it's a great industrial park because of its location. We're only uh, 10 minutes to Route 3, mm-hmm. uh, which can get us anywhere fairly quickly. And we do a lot of traveling to uh, Massachusetts to customers, and then we do a lot of uh, traveling to different uh, subcontractors of ours. So it's it's handy to be close to the highway.
0: Yes, yes, and what types of processes do you perform in your shop?
1: We pretty much are are exclusive to, to doing uh milling four axis milling three axis milling uh we have several turning machines we have a five axis water jet, and we have a um a couple of uh of saws band saws and so on,
2: okay. So,
0: we and, Go
1: ahead. We're, you know, we're a job shop and but we we do probably 80% of our work is two pieces, one to two pieces. Uh we do a lot of prototype, a lot of fast turnaround. Um we're, we're we're versatile enough that we can have something come in today and we can ship it in the morning. Um,
0: so really? You turn around parts that fast at times?
1: We can, especially if it's a water jet job. There's a lot of times we get the OK or the PO in the morning and the part is ready for the pickup in the afternoon or delivery in the afternoon.
0: Okay. So you're you're good at the the short runs and the prototypes. What types of part geometries and materials best suit your shop?
1: Geometry is the more difficult, the better. We we pride ourselves in uh, probably the tougher work that's out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, get several jobs because nobody else will even quote it. Materials, it doesn't matter. We cut everything from uh, glass to um, Inconel and, and everything in between.
0: So you'll do the so Inconel and, and Invar and stuff like that? All of the heat-resistant super alloys. Yep, we machined several
1: different grades of that for different applications, mostly oil and gas and some aerospace. But mm-hmm. they. Yeah, we've, we've cut any type of material. The most prevalent material, I think, is our, probably our biggest mover is, is stainless steel.
0: Okay. So you touched a little bit upon how quickly you turn around parts. In general, you must have repeat customers who keep coming back to you. Why do they like you? Why do they say S&S is the shop that we go to?
1: Several different reasons. Number one reason is the parts are right, and they to their print when they leave the shop. They um, they get them on time, mm-hmm. and when they're in trouble and they need help uh, to get parts done quickly, we can we can do that for them. And um, you know, it it, it it all looks good on paper and or in in design of a, a full blown machine. Machine like we do a lot of assembly type machines, mm-hmm. but once they start putting them together, they find the little things that there should have been a hole here or there should have been something here, or, and just to modify and repair these parts in a very short order is is critical for two of my customers, and then we get it done for them.
0: Do you have any specific stories on some projects where they you made the difference in a program?
1: We, we've we done that so many times. That's hard to pinpoint one. I mean, we've done uh, several variations of a uh, 3D printer, a, a metal 3D printer. Mm-hmm. And in each variation, when it came down to basically the riggers are coming to get the machine in a day, we're modifying four or five parts to be put on and get it assembled so the riggers could take the machine the next day and that's happened on three different builds um, all for the same customer but hey we made it happen we stayed late and we got it done
0: so you, your first shift your first shift ran ran into your second shift sounds like i was going to say one shift <laughs> was two shifts yep. yeah yeah that's so i'm right. always curious about the equipment run in the shop and you have Hercos and ProtoTracks for milling and turning. Why would you choose them?
1: The, just the ease of programming. They're both uh, conversational-type machines. Mm-hmm. They will take a program in multiple ways. Uh, the easiest is obviously conversational, but then it will also work off of an AutoCAD DXF file, and they'll take a regular Mastercam program. So for me to do one in two pieces, I can't be spending in half an hour or an hour making a program that has to be done in five or ten minutes and these machines are capable of doing that and it's the the, the accuracy of the machines are phenomenal uh, the, especially the hercos uh, they hold extremely tight tolerances uh, which again we look for that kind of work because mm-hmm. nobody else wants to do it and they're capable of holding those tight tolerances the equipment in our shop is I think the oldest Herco I have is six years old, and the reason that they are that new is they run constantly, mm-hmm. and they make good parts, and they're very accurate. Uh, once they get around seven, eight years old, I trade them in.
0: That's a expensive strategy, but it sounds like it pays off in the long run with better parts.
1: It, should, it absolutely pays off, and it's more, and it's, again, back to the, the biggest cost in any manufacturing facility is time mm-hmm. paying the labor, paying the, you know, the light bill, et cetera, et cetera. So if those machines are down and they're making no money, they're costing you money. So it,
0: it, it's the only way to do, to do it. That's right. If the spindle's not turning, you're not making money. No money. So <laughs> nope. so you, so you talked about the tolerances, uh, particularly on the Herco, you can hit pretty tight. so, beyond tolerance, why would you perhaps run a part on a Herco and not a proto track or vice versa? No. The what, what's side, machi- yeah. What's the, machine? The Hercos
1: are bigger. They have uh, 24 by 48 tables of our travel mm-hmm. you know, X and Y. They got more, uh, they got bigger spindles. They got higher uh, RPM spindles. So you can, you have all that going for you on the Hercos. The ProtoTracks tracks are smaller. Um, Physically smaller and smaller in table size, uh, spindle speeds are much, much lower, especially when you get into small, tight diameter corners and stuff like that. You need the higher sp- spindle speed for the tool. So it, it, the decision is probably, um, it's based on that. And the number two thing is the tolerance of the part. Um, the Hurco's are much more accurate than the Protoprax. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
0: And you have a OMAX water jet. Why an OMAX? Right. I've,
1: I looked at several different options or different manufacturers. Um, the, the biggest reason I went with the OMAX was to be, um, the service after the sale. Mm-hmm. They have better coverage up in this area. Um, their pricing of the machines are comparable. Um, I think uh, I looked at Flow, which was much more money, and I looked at One-on-One, and I can't remember now what it was, but they were comparable. But again, the service and the people available to work on these machines are much stronger in this this region than anybody else's machines. And the Waterjet is a it's a great machine. However, there's a lot of wear items There's a lot of maintenance and repair. Uh, We do probably 70% of that ourselves, but then there's other bigger projects that that need to be like, for example, a full motor rebuild or full pump rebuild or any of that type of stuff has to be done by a, a certified technician. So you need to have somebody that can come in and do it in a reasonable amount of time. The machine does a ton of work, but it's, you know, it has a lot of work, a big backlog. It's probably the, most efficient machine as far as keeping up with schedules and making parts on time, uh, that's, that's in the shop.
0: Do you run it unattended
1: or do you need someone there? Uh, You can, to some degree, you have to pick and choose where you do that because they all say you can run them unattended. However, there's things that happen. Like for example, when you cut a little piece out on a a piece of, on a like a rectangle out on a piece of metal that rectangle can tip up and then when the machine moves it'll break the the nozzle right off the machine so you have to pick and choose stuff with just holes in it uh no problem but stuff with details such as a, a rectangular uh, piece or a you know something that's going to be cut out it will mm-hmm. really can cause problems
0: and how thick does it cut? And probably varies by material, but
1: it, if it's in a steel or a stainless steel, the thickest it'll cut is six inches thick, but you can go all the way from like shim stock of one thousand thick to six inches thick. It's yeah, not the that... most efficient machine, but you have a lot of advantages to the water jet as you don't get any heat, uh, heat uh, right. zones on your cut, which you do with a lot of the other processes that that cut plate and,
0: So if you're cutting, say, a 3-inch thick piece of steel, what sort of tolerances can you expect on the machine? Easily plus or minus 5. And the OMAX you have, is that a 5-axis?
1: It's a 5-axis machine. It has a head that pivots and rotates along with your X and Y
0: and Z. So is that part of how it hits a plus or minus 5 tolerance, being a 5-axis?
1: That head, right? You can when you're cutting, when you when you cut with a, with any type of a machine like this, a water jet or whatever. As the 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 stream goes through the part, it actually collapses. So you would get a taper from the top to the bottom, caused by the stream collapsing through the cut. Mm-hmm. With this five-axis machine, it actually offsets the head, so that when you cut the part, you're cutting the wall stays straight. And that's fully adjustable. The machine does it automatically, but if you want to, like, tweak it in a little even closer, you can do that.
0: So if you had a standard water jet, I guess a a two-and-a-half axis without the ability to tilt the head, what sort of tolerances would you see?
1: On something three inches thick, you're looking at about 30 thousandths taper from top to bottom.
0: Sure. So that that makes a huge difference then.
1: Huge difference, yeah. It's not... It's funny. It's a very, very expensive option. And I, I really, <laughs> I almost didn't buy it because of the price tag. And I, now, you know, now that I have it, it's like I would have kicked myself if I didn't get it. It was well worth it. There's not a lot of them around here. There's only mm-hmm. a few other ones in all of New England. So I get work because of that, because I can cut a plate or a piece of steel or anything else and keep the wall straight where other people
0: can't. Right. So you go to essentially a machine that's producing parts of tolerance instead of near net shape. Correct. Yeah. And do you do any precision grinding in-house?
1: We don't. I have two companies that I sub that work to. I believe in the the theory of
0: do what you're good at and let the people that are good at grinding do it or any other outside service, let them do that. Yeah. How about welding? I
2: stubbed that out to two other, well,
1: actually three other companies, depending on size of the part. And we yeah. do a lot of sheet metal parts as well, but if we don't bend or, or form any sheet metal, we have two people that do that for us. We um, we do a lot of sheet metal because of the water jet. Mm-hmm. It can cut shapes that a, that a punch can't do or that it can hold tolerance mm-hmm. to that a punch may not be able to, uh, so we do a lot of sheet metal blanks, if you will, that get bent
0: uh, at a later date. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I saw on your Facebook page a very, very tiny drill. What was the diameter of that drill? Uh, that was,
1: I think that one was eight. Eight Eight or ten, I don't remember now.
0: Okay. But we, what's what's we the story some, there?
1: Some work. Yeah, we have had several... Jobs where we had to put in small features into parts that were um, not even sure what they were eventually used for, but it was for a lab down in Boston, and there were extremely small holes and extremely small end mills. Um, it took quite some time to get a process to make them work. Uh, the material was a, um, um, a phenolic-based material, like a G10-based mm-hmm. material. Um, but yeah, we like I said we want the more difficult work we're good at it
0: we'll uh, looking at that drill I was thinking how did you not snap those continuously
1: well we started <laughs> we did break a few of them yeah. <laughs> but once you figure it out it works
0: mm-hmm. do you use any coolant with a drill that small you do yeah, is that is do. that part of this, the secret to success is keeping
1: yeah it it's there's a lot of things that you know people use coolant they don't understand coolant cuz there's a lot that goes with that is well, you know how much of the percentage of the of the coolant material do you have mixed with your water and you have to vary that depending on materials and what you're doing with it mm-hmm. so this this again you got a technology that you got to use correctly to get the best or the most efficient way to use it Right. Yeah, we, it, we used coolant on that, and um, it was extremely, extremely
0: rich mixture of coolant to get it to, to work. Sure. sure. And you mentioned Mastercam before. Is that the CAM software that that you're using in house?
1: It is. I yeah, we, we uh, myself and my lead guy and I the one person that that does the program at the tech college, we kind of looked at three different softwares and we went with Mastercam for two reasons. One is they have a, um, a company down in Connecticut that supports it and -hmm. you can actually bring program, you know, um, models right down there. They'll make programs for you. They'll work with you over, you know, the internet and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, plus the amount of, Mastercam seats sold in New England is like five to ten times more than anybody else. They're like way out in front, so you're better off finding a person that knows Mastercam than other software packages when you're hiring. Yeah. So that was it. Was a twofold reason that we went with it. And quite frankly, I I, when I worked at the tech college, I did do some work with Mastercam many, many years ago and found it to be very difficult to work with, very cumbersome. And then when I went through this process of buying the that of mastercam I have now, I couldn't believe how simple it is and how much has changed. Uh, they've really made it so that it's user-friendly. And they also, you know, they listen to the cutting tool companies. They have dynamic paths, which we use all the time. Mm-hmm. which gives you the best tool life, and gives you the most efficient or most cubic inches of material being removed.
0: Tell me a little more about the dynamic path.
1: It's 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 using a, a logic of fast and light, meaning very high feeds, very high speeds, very light engagement or radial depth of cut. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, your cutter, uh, your amount of cubic inches of material you're removing is probably in the five to f- four to five times better than just taking an end mill and running it down the middle of the part. Really? Example. Okay. Yeah. And you can, and again, it does because of the way it works. It gives you better tool life uh, at the same time. Gotcha.
0: Are there any? other particular suppliers that you really lean on and can't live without?
1: Uh, for the, I mean, for my cutting tools, I use probably three. I use Sandvik, I use Walters and I use, uh, um, uh, yeah, Helical. They're an end mill company out of Maine. Mm -hmm. And then for, um, Just general supplies. I use a company out of Maine called Butler Brothers. Uh, They're extremely good at finding stuff. Uh, When I can't find it, hey, I'm looking for whatever. And they'll put the legwork in and they'll find a tool to do a job that I may need. Um, As far as materials and cutting, uh, I mean, raw materials, I have no allegiance to anybody. Whoever's the best price with good quality stock mm mm-hmm. okay. so, about it.
0: Okay. And thinking about when customers engage with you are you the primary estimator for the shop? I do all of it. You do all of it.
1: okay I do all the estimating. Uh, I do all of the um, initial uh, <clears throat> when we orders received the initial you know going through the prints, uh verifying materials, verifying, you know, that all the information is there to run the job. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, when, uh, when doing that, in actually quite a few cases, especially on new design parts, um, we'll find a lot of times errors or overlooked features on drawings and or models.
0: So the two don't match necessarily.
1: Right, right right and you know it's <clears throat> I think it's the way this whole world works now when Everything everything's fast and gotta have it right away and sometimes it takes It works a little better if you just step back and slow down a little bit and make sure everything's
0: right sure and you use the paperless parts platform for your quoting
1: I do on probably oh I'd say about 90% now
2: mm-hmm and how, have, long have
1: um, you,
0: how long have you been using that?
1: Oh, boy. Three years. Two to three years, anyway. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 you know, gradually come from hardly ever using it to using it sometimes to now where we're at uh, and use it most of the time because of, first of all, it, it, uh, it's very accurate. It's very fast. I mean it couldn't you couldn't put a quote together quicker than what what it will do. Mm-hmm. The times that I uh, when I verify it I do take time to look at uh, especially with the water jet um, because sometimes I feel if you look at a part in you know as being a milled part or a water jet part, they're mm-hmm. two different animals. Right. And, and and with the software Or any software, you can only tell it one A or B. You can't tell it to look, you know, how much would it cost if you milled it versus waterjet cutting it. And sometimes I have to make adjustments on that.
0: And that's pretty flexible.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And how is quoting with the paperless parts platform different than how you used to quote?
1: (laughs) This actually uses some logic. I would take. They look at a part and I'd say, that's going to take me four hours to make and this is going to cost this much.
0: Did you use a spreadsheet and how did you... I did not. I took
1: the print out. I figured out how much the stock was going to cost, any outside coatings or painting or welding. And then I would just basically come up with a number for machining it. And it worked. And it was, you know, we made money at it. But it's more... Uh the paperless part of it it you know it has all that built into it, the the, the uh, materials and so on and so forth and coatings and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um it's just yeah, it's, it saves me legwork and time because I don't right. take that you know, especially if it's a part that gets anodized or print I'd have to send it out, have a quote made up, they'd send it back, you know, and then just wrap up all these numbers into a final price whereas the paperless does that for you.
0: Well, it sounds like it
2: saves you some time. And
0: I
1: think, and I think that, you know, as you continue to improve it, Mm -hmm. which has been really my driving factor to continue to use it is that you, people want to make it better. Every time you release something new, it seems to make it better. So, and that's, that's important. And if you, you know, and especially in this day and age, if you get to a point and say, Oh, this thing works great and stop working on it, somebody else is going to come up with something that's going to work better.
0: Right. Have you used the feature, which allows you to offer expedites in the delivery date?
1: We use that all the time.
0: And is that helpful? Do you, are you getting expedite fees now where you might not have before?
1: I've always gotten them, but it would be, you know, hey, they want it in a week instead of two weeks. Okay, well, we'll charge them 10% more or whatever the case may be. We've always gotten something to do it, but not, not – I'll take that back. Not always. We did, on occasion, get extra money. But now with this, we put it in, you put in the pricing for, you know, you want it in a week, two weeks, whatever, you know. Uh, The customer can pick and choose, and and I have several customers that almost half of what they do is on their expedite fee, but that's the way they want it.
2: Sure.
1: And it works. It's it's simple for us because I put a lead time on the – when I do the initial quote, or I don't actually do it. Elena does the initial quote. We have a lead time, and then she breaks it down to, okay, if you don't want it, in 25 days, this is 20 days. This is 15 days, and so on, Mm -hmm. And and it does it automatically, so that works good so uh, i more excited to see how this is going to how you were going to you know integrate this into QuickBooks because we still use QuickBooks and the two need to communicate and that's kind of like the I know the I know you were working on some beta sites and so
0: on and I'm hoping that's coming along that, from what I understand that's coming soon yeah good and you have also worked with Matt Cerdillo at Paperless on some marketing services. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Matt's good at that. He does. Uh, he brought our webpage to the twenty first century, and he, and he and he does has he has a good eye for it. I guess is the way to put it. Um, uh-huh. It 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 looks good. It you know it looks professional. Uh, it it's easy to, to navigate. It's, you know, you can get a quote right from that through paperless, uh, just a lot of things that he did, to it. just little subtleties that just make it that much better. And it's, I've gotten, how many, at least five, to eight new customers since we did the last uprev on that, on
0: that site. Really? So, Yeah. So he's wor- track- probably worked on your search engine optimization so people find that's you. Right, the-
1: and, he, and he's and he's tracking that, you know, how much people, how many people go through it, so on and so forth. And those numbers just continually to go up every single month. Fantastic! So it, it really does. It does make a difference because I mean, I know how much I use Google searching for you know somebody that's going to do something. You know, I was looking for some electric polishing this week mm-hmm. and went through Google and people that came up on it got quotes. You know, they got, a, they got an opportunity to quote it.
0: Right. So it does work good. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. The, I'm curious a little bit more about yourself and how you're engaged in the business. So what do you like best about your job that gets you out of bed every morning, Peter?
1: Well the challenge is always something that's good and bad. sometimes you really feel great when you're really challenged and it comes out really well mm-hmm. and uh sometimes you're not feeling so good when the, uh, when it's not coming out so well but uh i enjoy i enjoy the work i mean I've done this all my life, worked in the machining arena and um it's good to be you know to to do your own thing, do things the way you want them done um and we we have uh good people and that makes all the difference in the world <laughs> right um, they they care about their job they care about uh what 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 happens to s n s and so on and so forth and my 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 goal is to uh you know eventually elena's going to be the one that will will do uh do the whole thing that is my that's where we're headed she's present going through the tech college and getting a degree in machine tool. Really? She has a bachelor yeah, she has a bachelor's degree and she's getting a uh, she will graduate this May from the tech
0: college with a degree in machine tool processing. That's the national uh, community college? Yeah. NCC. Nash- yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, they have a fantastic program there.
1: They do and you know she's I mean, from uh, when she started, and knew nothing about a, a print or a, you know, a tolerance or a dimension or anything. Now she she can read a print. She understands tolerancing. She understands a lot of stuff. She's actually working with our Mastercam as as she's learning at school. She's actually making some programs and mm-hmm. you know stuff that's that's going to be great.
0: Where she do you? It on her own. Yeah, so where do you see your business in 10 years or so? Will Uh, you still be involved in it, do you think? No. Five years, I'm out. Okay.
1: She'll be (laughs) it. I see the business just continuing to grow at the rate we're growing now, which is somewhere around 25%. -hmm. Um, I don't see any reason why it won't. Um, And, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to hire somebody for the more – the The more technical part of the business, which is the stuff that I do now mm-hmm. um, with more experience to you know to help cover my my leaving the business, but we'll be fine.
0: Is there any particular technology or equipment you hope to bring in house that would be a game changer for us and us?
1: I haven't really I mean we've been looking at um, a three d printer for what they've done now is they've come up with a, uh, 3D printers that will actually print out um, jaws for, you know, vice jaws and jaws for a lathe, special jaws, so you don't have to machine them. You don't have to make them. That they'll print out. You can run it unattended, you know, through the night. Mm-hmm. You come in the morning and your jaws will be made. Uh, it's one of the things I've been to two different seminars on it. Uh, I like I'm intrigued about the not having to machine them. That mm-hmm. This can, can make them. It's uh, and it runs by itself. You make the you know, put a program in it and then just let it go, which would save a lot of time on the, on my machines to just keep making parts and not have to go and mill and make a program to mill out a set of jaws. This thing will make it for us. So that's probably going to happen this year. I, I, kind of narrowed it down to. two mm-hmm. I like what I see. I like the tolerances that they can hold. Um, And yeah, I mean, more spindle time is more money for us. Absolutely.
0: So we often hear that there's a gap between design and manufacturing. Are there any suggestions you can share how customers can help themselves in best working with you?
1: yeah we do it a lot with with some of the customers I work with now is we have uh, design reviews that I get involved with and whether we do it over the internet or we you know if it's a company down it, it, in driving distance we I drive there and we have a meeting and we go over the design and talk about you know diameter to depth ratios of a, of a tight tolerance bore and or i mean we just changed the design on a major project for one of the oil companies that would have been I had no less than a $5,000 special tool to do a bore yes. that was eight times diameter with a 32 finish on the bottom. I mean, that's you're going to have to have a special tool for that. Well, my import was, let's just take and put it, make a cover for this thing and mill it. And within about 10 minutes, they had a rough design on the board. It's like, yeah, that's the way to do it. And those guys were there, that this is a much better way to do it. So, just by of, doing something like that, saved the customer almost you know three or four thousand dollars plus what I would have charged them to go in there and finesse that finish and, and and that size into the part. Now I'm just going to do it with an end mill.
0: So, what I'm hearing is that the way to perhaps bridge that gap is to really focus on collaboration and bringing in yep. the the expert yep. in manufacturing to brainstorm yep. ways to reduce costs.
1: A lot of customers do that now. I'm actually very, very surprised how many do. They'll send a design over <clears throat> that, you know, for a quote, and then on the same email or whatever, it's, can you also take a look and see if there's anything we can do to save money and mm-hmm. make this part more efficient or better. It's amazing how many people actually do it now. That's great. It's getting, it is good. It's, it saves so much you know, so much uh, in the design and in the manufacturing of parts, and you can be more, you know, more cost-effective and everything else. It's just, it's phenomenal.
0: What are some of the most common manufacturability issues you see and share with customers? The simple one is that they they draw a,
1: um, a drilled and tapped hole, and they make it a, they don't put the point of the drill in there and make it a flat bottom. Uh ah. it, it, it doubles the price of a hole. It's and that's the simplest little thing. I don't know. Some of the some of the design software doesn't don't do it automatically. Some do. works is one that does, but some don't.
2: Mm-hmm. So it
1: leaves a flat bottom hole. Well, so we build the print. Okay. So your well, hole instead of costing you, you know, a dollar is going to be two dollars.
0: For the product designers out there who are listening to this. It's A simple tip that sounds like it'll save you save you some exactly. money. Exactly. And do you see designers pretty good now at looking at fits where the tolerance stacking is considered, or is there still a lot of line to line design? Yeah, there's a lot of
1: a lot of line to line designs. A lot of the see that what I call suit the pants, just guests at it. Um, should take the time and do a stack up and make sure it's going to work. It does. It does take time, but it's you know, it's like I tell my lead time, my lead man all the time. You know, sometimes going slower is faster. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's just it, just it takes time. I understand and that you, nobody has time to do it, but in the long run, they all do. So,
0: right? Okay, is. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience?
1: Um, I can't think of anything. We covered quite a bit here, and um, I enjoyed it. It
0: It's fun to talk about what you do. Well, speaking of fun, what do you like to do when you're not in the shop making parts?
1: I play golf. play a lot of golf.
0: Is that uh, something in in the retirement picture as well, or? Yeah, I love
1: playing golf. We play. I play in a league every every Monday night, and then I usually get out at least one other day or one other weekend day. Sometimes an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like going to the gym. And I I will try to work out four days a week.
0: You ever used it's your like- shop to adapt a club or any other piece of golf gear?
1: No, <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> the amount of technology that goes in those things is—it's mind-boggling.
0: Right. That no, I, know, I. Right. I, I. Yeah, I understand that the design considerations—they have it pretty dialed in. But I was just curious if you were a tinkerer in that sense or not. Or sounds we like
1: made it. a couple of things for a pro. they over in um, in uh, I can't think of the name of the course now, but. He had a thing that he designed for making putts more accurate, and we—it was just a, like kind of like a ring—and we made like a half a dozen of them for him. And uh, he uses them in his in his uh, teaching. I'm not yeah. quite sure how they work, but huh. we have actually made something for
0: a golf pro. Well, there you go. Yep. So, where can customers get more information about S&S Machine? Do you have a website?
1: I do. Uh, SSMachineNH.com
0: And you also have a Facebook page?
1: Yep. Uh, SS Machine.
0: Okay, and I know that you mentioned you have a RFQ page on your website, so yep. prospective customers yep. can just submit a project right and through they that. Can correct, and that goes right through Paperless.
1: And so they can go to Paperless Parts and find us through that as well.
0: Super. Well, I really appreciate the time chatting with you, Peter. I learned a few things uh, myself about job shop manufacturing, and it was super having you on. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that's it for another episode of the Job Shop Show. Thank you for tuning in.